Hello and welcome to Hormone Bestie. I am Erin, your host, registered dietitian, and your hormone bestie. And I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Thank you so much for listening. This is the podcast for you if you are working on your hormone health, trying to get pregnant, are pregnant, or are just a woman in this crazy world right now. And I'm so excited because today we have my friend and colleague, Kathleen. Kathleen is a registered and licensed dietitian who practices in the state of North Carolina. After graduating in 2017 from East Carolina University with her bachelor's in nutrition science, she continued on to the University of Alabama in Birmingham to obtain her master's degree in nutrition science. And this is actually how I know Kathleen because we went to grad school together. It was during her time through school and her internship that she discovered her love of helping her patients learn how to make changes to their lifestyle to support their goals. As a mother to a young child, she understands that life truly gets in the way and she uses her experience to help her patients adapt and over Overcome the daily challenges of life to aid them in reaching their desired nutrition goals. I'm so excited because today we are talking all about nutrition for busy moms and this is a really hard area because there's so many things that come up. Life gets in the way and it can be really hard to prioritize your nutrition when you are a busy mom or even just a busy woman. So I'm so excited to be chatting with her today and let's go ahead and jump into it. Hi Kathleen! I'm so excited to have you on here today. And we're chatting all about nutrition for busy moms. And I'm so excited about it because I feel like this is an area that so many people can benefit from. And even if they're not thinking about it right now, and even if you're just a busy person, like I think these tips are going to be super, super helpful. Yes, I am so excited to be here. So thank you for having me. I just so stoked. (laughs) Yay, I can't wait. Well, let's jump into it. So first of all, I just want to know a little bit about how you came to be working with moms. And so tell me a little bit more about that. So I was working outpatient for several years and I was connecting, I think, more with moms and just like women who were like really busy and kind of just struggling to get through like, you know, the day and meeting their goals and stuff like that. And I felt like I really wanted to work with moms when I became a mom myself. And for some reason, I was like, oh, it all makes sense now. So it was just really kind of interesting coming into motherhood myself and then realizing the struggles of being a mom and like trying to make healthy changes and weight loss. And and so weight loss has kind of just been my area of expertise, I guess we could call it. It's just something I love and I love helping people reach those goals. That's awesome. Yeah. When you say that you kind of realize like, oh, it all makes sense now. Like, were there things that when you were before you became a mom, you were talking and you were like, I don't really understand why this is so difficult or something like that. And then it happened to you and you were just like, oh, is that yes. what you mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I mean, like before I was a mom and I'd be talking with mothers and I'm like, well, what about, you know, like some recommendation I would come up with? And they would be like, I just don't think that's going to work. And, you know, and I only have one child and he is amazing. And, but it is so busy just with one. So I can't imagine a mom with more than one child trying to do me all these things. And here I am like, Oh, well, why don't you make dinner ahead of time? And they're like, what? And no, I can't do that. You know? So yeah. I, now that I'm a mom, it's, I'm like, Oh yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> There's no ahead of time when you're always with a little one, right? Like, no. <laughs> It's always in the moment. When you chat chat with like moms and busy women, what are some of the main concerns that come up? Yeah. So some of the main concerns are most of the time going to be time and family support. Mm. I get it. Again, again, like 
as a mom, you don't have much time to put into, you know, making changes or, you know, even focusing on yourself because you're always thinking about the family, the home, their own jobs, even. So like they kind of put themselves last. So just really, like I said, kind of the time and the brain space to, to think about these things. And then family support. I find that like a lot of partners support moms. They're like, yeah, that's great. Do it. But then when it comes down to it and you're like, oh, this is something that, you know, might affect the whole family in terms of like we might switch up dinner or how it's prepared or something like that, then there's a little bit of resistance there. And then of course your kids are going to be like, no, what? Like, I don't understand. So I do find that those are probably the two struggles that working with moms, they encounter the most. Gotcha. When you say like partners are really like, yeah, you got it. You go do it. Is that like, yeah, you go get healthy. Yeah. With a dietitian, you do everything you need to do as long as it doesn't affect me. Is that right? Yes. And that's very well put. Like you do it, but when it crosses that threshold of affecting me, I don't want to do it anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as they have to make changes. (laughs) Even I'm not even put in some effort maybe, but just participate in the efforts that are already. I have, this is going to sound really, obviously I'm not a mom because I'm asking this question, which is why I'm asking it because I'm sure that I'm not the only person who has wondered this. So you mentioned that like, it's hard for moms to take time for themselves. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that because on this side of it, I'm like, I need you to take time for yourself. Like when I think about like friends and people that I work with, it's like, I need you to take time for yourself so that you can do all of the other things you need to do. But tell me a little bit more about why it's so difficult to actually be in that position, taking time for yourself. Yeah. Well, I think more times than not, moms just carry the load of, you know, raising children and caring for the house and making this decision every day, like what we're going to eat for three meals a day. And, And not to say that there's not supportive partners out there who do participate in those things, but I think it just tends to fall on the mom the most. And so even when you say like, oh, you can take an hour and go do something, that hour is still spent mentally thinking about like what needs to be done. Or, you know, for me, like personally, I can't take a whole hour away without thinking about the laundry or is my kid eating? Is he napping? And, you know, so you still carry those burdens with you, even if you're not in that environment. So and I don't know, it's just so hard. Like, how do you as a mom, I, I don't think I do the best job at it, but, you know, or taking that time in the evening, you know, I'm going to, when my kid goes to sleep, I'm I'm going to now sit down and maybe just scroll through social media because that's relaxing and that's enjoyable. But I mean, then there's that time. Well, that's probably the only time that you have with your spouse. And it's a lot. It's, I don't know. You know, you, I think you asked the question of, you know, how do we do it? But I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think that's actually really, really helpful for so many people to hear. It's okay to not know. Maybe that's the, right? Like that's the takeaway is like, it's okay to not know how you're going to do it. We're just going to keep trying. Right. Yeah. Well, and there's been so much conversation that I've been seeing lately around the mental load especially for women. And I'm not saying that this is all relationships, all, you know, nothing like that, but it's just been a a lot of talk recently about the mental load. And maybe it's somebody else in the relationship as well. Maybe it's another partner, Mm -hmm. but around who is making all the decisions, like who's the house manager, who is coming up with 
you know, dinner ideas, who is making sure that everyone is getting where they need to be. And sometimes it's not just about doing those things. It's about who has to delegate. And I remember at a very minute level, even just thinking about like my wedding, it was like, yeah, like my husband is there to help me with whatever, but I still have to delegate everything. And then I have to review and make sure everything is okay. That was decided. And it's like, how do we, you know, make sure that everyone is participating in a way that doesn't need additional effort? Yeah. And I even think coming from that level of like, well, sometimes your partner thinks they're being supportive by saying, well, just tell me what you need or, you know, just let me know. And it's like the whole thought of like having to like let you know and like maybe tell you how to do it is a whole nother stress or, you know, or like, Oh, whatever you want for dinner is fine. And I'm like, I've made every decision today. And so like, if you could just tell me what to consume, that'd be great. You know, like, I don't even care. 100%. And that's something too, that um, I'm sure you've had this conversation as well, but sometimes even with clients, like, you know, when they're even trying to get pregnant and they're on their fertility, like they have so many stressors tracking their cycle and trying to figure out all these things. And similarly, like making so many decisions, different decisions, certainly than being a mom. But again, it's like that constant decision-making and it's like, how do you tell your partner, Hey, I need you to just make this decision. Like three nights a week, you're going to decide what we're having for dinner. And I'm not going to participate in that at all. I think you say it just like that. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah. And it's like setting those boundaries sometimes is, is difficult, but it's so worth it to get, to do that and get past the discomfort around it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think most of the time, I mean, like I've had to have this talk with my husband It's just like, I kind of just need you to take that on. And he's like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, okay. And I don't want to say partners or husbands, spouses don't necessarily see it. The dishes are piling up. And somebody told me this and they've worded it so beautifully. Like there are things around the house that are calling to you, but sometimes you need to choose not to answer and let someone else answer, Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, even though you have your own agenda, like, oh, why don't I just get this done now? Your partner may have a different agenda. And I'm like, oh, I'll get to that in just a minute. And so like letting them get to it, allow them that chance. Yes. Yeah. It's like the waiting part that I think is so difficult sometimes. And maybe we just need to walk away from the situation until it's done. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm going to go shopping. I'll be back. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's funny because I think partners have the same expectations of us. Yeah. Too. And it goes both ways. Cause I know there's times when Eric, my husband is like, can you do this? And I'm like, yeah, when do you need it done by? Because it's not happening right now. I'll be yeah. real honest. Yeah. And, and that's like a really good, I think, thing to say, when do you need that done by? Is this an urgent matter? Or is this something that can wait? Yeah. 100%. And just to have that conversation. Yeah. Then we have reasonable expectations. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't expect my busy husband to, I mean, bless him. He woke up at 4.30 this morning and was out the door by five. Oh my gosh. To make a three hour drive across the state. So like in this moment, like, of course, I don't expect him to be like, well, I'm going to go fold laundry or let me go unload the dishwasher. Like I can handle that, you know, but you know, on the days where he's home or, you know, he, he can help you. I'm like, well, it can, it can wait, you know, like I don't, need to have that done right now, even though I want it done right now. But I'm like, I'm not going to explode if it's not done. 
Yeah. So that's kind of like, I had to tell myself like, no one's going to blow up. It'll be fine. (laughs) And that's like a conversation you're actually having with yourself in your head, right? Like, yeah, like everything is going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even with my son, you know, if he doesn't nap, like right on schedule, I'm like, hold on a second. Like he's, he's not going to combust. Like he's, he's not going to turn into a gremlin, just bringing it into reality for a second, you know? And mm-hmm. again, I think it's the whole expectations thing. I think it's just a lot of, if I get this done right now, then I can do something else. And, and I'm like, well, hold on. No one's forcing me to do anything. Like I'm like, it's all right. So when it comes to partners or family members who don't necessarily want to participate in mom's goals, how can we overcome that? Well, we mentioned it, having the conversation, just saying upfront, like, hey, you know, these are some things I'm thinking of doing. Your involvement would be very important to me. It would definitely help me reach my goals and so on. And a lot of times I find, again, having that conversation, partners are just like, absolutely. Because your partner, again, most of the time wants to see you succeed and wants to see you reach your goals. And if that's losing weight or just eating healthier, most of the time people are going to be on board. Sometimes I think just the conversation itself is really helpful, but also I would say like getting their involvement, you know? So if you are that decision maker and like having to plan meals and cooking and, you know, maybe a couple nights, if again, if you're the one doing all the cooking saying like, what do you want? You know, how can we make some of these meals that you want a little healthier? Um, or what do you want me to get from the grocery store and so on? And I feel like just having that involvement makes them feel heard and they're more like more likely just to go along with it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Does that apply to kids too? hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you can involve a child, they are more likely to, you know, follow through with the change. I don't know if you're trying to incorporate more vegetables, you know, let them pick out the vegetables and maybe have them help prepare the vegetables because you'll find that they're really even the air quote picky ones are going to be more likely to eat them when they're involved. I love that. And I know we've chatted about this before, but also just having them participate too, is just good for their development and confidence too. So it's like, it's not even just about being healthier, but it's, you're also just supporting your child in their growth too. And I think that's such a cool way to think about it as well. Yeah. I mean, just life skills, like hand-eye coordination, you know, stir the pot, well, not a hot pot, but stir the bowl, you know, where they have now like kids save knives and I bought some for my toddler and he just hacks up tomatoes, you know, and he'll eat it. And I'm like, that's fine. You know? I love that. I love like just the thought of kids just helping out too, because it's just a nice thing for them to do with you. And I feel like you're building like core memories when you do that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want my kid to to grow up and say like, wow, my mom cooked a lot at home when they get older and go off just saying like, oh, I, I know how to cook, you know, like I know how to do these things and not have to sit there and struggle and try to figure it out. You know, like they already kind of know. Yeah. When it comes to like thinking about what people are going to have for the week, do you suggest meal planning or prepping or anything like that? Yeah. So if anything, just planning it out. So take a look at what meat you have. I, I feel like proteins are always the hardest to like cook and plan around. So just look at, look what you got and see, you know, what you can make with that, you know, and then 
I have like a list of meals that I know I can make well. And I know that my family likes. And sometimes I'll just kind of like peek in there and it's my little bank of meals. And I'll just like, okay, this sounds good tonight. And then I'll, if nothing, just write it down. And if I'm able to do any kind of prep, I will. Even if it's cutting up an onion or the vegetables ahead of time. So when it's time to execute, it's very quick because that's usually the most stressful part is when we need to cook dinner because our kids are hungry. You're hungry. I don't know. The dog is always barking and you know, it's just a really hectic moment and you're just trying to put this together. So anything that you can do to kind of help alleviate some stress, do it. Yeah. I love that. You mentioned that you have like a bank. Do you actually have like a list of meals that you come back to when you're just like, I need something and I don't want to think about it. Yes, I do. I have, and it's a pretty hefty list. I, I'm, it's right here in my notebook. It's right on my desk. Yes. And I mean, I'll just flip through something with chicken and I'm like, oh, couscous, I have veggies done. That's our meal. That makes it so much easier. And I think that's such a good idea. So for anybody listening, like go and write down a list of all of the meals that you know everybody likes that are easy for you. Mm-hmm. That you know we're going to go well. Absolutely. You mentioned planning around the protein. First of all, I love that you said go through everything you have already. Like that is so helpful. One, it's going to help make it easier, but two, it's going to be so much better on your budget. Yeah. If you go and see what you have in your freezer, if you see what you have in your pantry before you go do anything else. Yeah. Because I mean, so many times, and my husband does this all the time, he'll come up with something he wants to make and then he goes to the grocery store and buys too much money worth of groceries to make this one dish. And I'm like, we did have some of these items anyway. So, you know, but use what you have first, because what's the point of buying food if it's just going to go bad, you know? So use all of that. And then, you know, if you need to go to the store, well, look at your, look what you have written down. I know I can make meatloaf. And I just need to get a couple ingredients for this, but also buy stuff that you can use more than once. So a big bag of potatoes, use it this meal and another meal. Mm-hmm. It, it's okay to buy ingredients for just one meal, but yeah. if you do that a lot, it's going to get very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And then stuff goes bad because it just sits there. Yep. I mean, now I'm a big fan of the picking like three meals for a week, rotating those. <laughs> yeah. That's like I said, my quick go-to meal happens to be chicken, vegetables, and couscous. And it's quick, it's easy. Everybody eats it. And I'm like, that's it. So if I'm in a bind, that's what we're having. And you have all your bases covered. Like literally, you've got protein, you've got carbs, you've got veggies, like you are good to go. Yep. That's it. And that's the thing. It doesn't have to be complicated. Like healthy meals don't have to be complicated. They don't have to taste bad. No. They can be so easy and so good and everybody can like them. Yeah. And you don't have to eat chicken, rice, and broccoli to be healthy. You don't. I mean, you can have pasta. You can have potatoes. You can have whatever you want mm-hmm. to be healthy. I mean, you can do all that and lose weight as well. Yeah. Even just like thinking about the meals that you like, right? Like if somebody's thinking about it, like I see this a lot and I'm sure you see this too. Where they have, I have to go get all these new cookbooks. I need to get all of this new stuff because I need to learn how to cook healthy. And it's like, no, just think about the meal that you love and add something to it. Add a veggie. Like, that's it. Let's make it simple. Yeah. Little things like this. Because otherwise, if you're trying to make a new meal every single day, like that's never going to stick. No. 
And that's extremely overwhelming, (laughs) way too time consuming. And like, oh, let me go tell a mom who's got two kids and works full time. Like, oh, you need to try this extravagant meal. They're going to be like, no. (laughs) Like, absolutely not. Oh, yeah. You mentioned planning around proteins too. Are there any easy proteins like that you suggest that maybe don't even require cooking like chicken sausage or like anything like that to make it easier? Absolutely. This one does require cooking, but you can do it ahead of time. And somebody told me this and I was like, this is the most genius thing I've ever heard. You take some chicken, you cook it. She put it in a crock pot. I use my instant pot for literally everything. So I put it in the instant pot, for example, cook it, shred it, put it in the freezer. Mm. And then you have shredded chicken ready to go. So the thing that's the hardest to prepare is already done. And with shredded chicken, you can do so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can add a little sauce to it. Boom. I mean, chicken tacos, done. You know, and you just have to think about what to pair with it. And again, like that's so much less stressful than like, oh my God, I have to cook the chicken. Is it even thawed? That's one of my favorite hacks. I love that idea. I think that's awesome. Because also if you're making chicken for something else, like why not just make extra? Yeah. There's this whole idea of like cook once, eat twice. Mm-hmm. That kind of goes back to the prepping, you know, it, even have, even making a little extra to have to take with you the next day. That's a form of meal prep. You know, like we're not talking about make one big batch of chicken, rice and broccoli and eating it for five days. Like we're not doing that. Do something, make a little extra or take a pack of like frozen vegetables that you can just throw in with whatever you're bringing to give it a little volume, you know, that doesn't have to suck. And that also, like you said, mentioned cook once, eat twice. Yeah, absolutely. Something to like, if you were turning on your oven to make vegetables, don't just make vegetables for one meal, like make extra, get a whole big thing of them, make a big sheet pan and you've got vegetables for your lunches for the rest of the week. Yeah. I think sometimes just thinking about like, okay, I'm already doing this one thing. How can I add to it? Yeah. And you mentioned this too. Like if you're dicing up an onion, dice up the whole thing so that it's ready to go. Exactly. You know, I mean, you think about how many dishes have onions. Oh, probably a lot. At least in our house, we use a ton of onions. So it's like, why don't I just go ahead and have this ready? And then I can just one less thing I have to do later. Might as well. And you mentioned making a whole bunch of vegetables if you're already doing it. I love that. And you can even season like a portion of them differently. Mm, So that would have like a different dish, but you're still using the same vegetables, you know? Yeah. That's such a good idea. You know, you're not eating the same thing because that's when we get burnt out on eating healthy because we feel like it's just like this repetitive, like, Mm -hmm. you know, lazy Susan of broccoli that I have to eat. It's not, you know, I keep picking on broccoli. (laughs) That's okay. I'm not the biggest fan of broccoli. I'll be honest. You can take on it all you want. (laughs) So you mentioned that sometimes when you're just eating the same things over and over again, like eating healthy isn't fun anymore. And there's also a point when working on your health and working on weight loss or whatever your goal is becomes not sexy. Like it's not fun anymore. You've been doing it for a month, a month and a half. Sometimes it's three months and it's just like, I am so bored. And I think having these tactics can help you get through that because when it's not fun, it has to be easy Mm -hmm. when it's not fun and it's not sexy anymore. And it's not cool. Like we have to find ways for it to keep going so that you reach the success that you want to reach. Yeah. I like that when it's not 
sexy. It has to be fun. Yeah. I like that. That's true. I think that when people are like, okay, now I'm really going to make some changes. I'm going to focus on myself. It there is a level a level of excitement around it because mm-hmm. I think you're thinking about the end result, you know, and, and people I work with, it's typically weight loss. So they're like, yes, I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to get my confidence back, my energy, and I get to do all these things. And then when you're doing the things, it kind of fizzles out because you're like, oh, dang, I mean, like I got to do this for how long, you know, and it can get a little boring. Again, you don't want to keep eating the same foods over and over again. So how can you make your favorite dish? Like you were saying, how can I make this healthier? How can I make this? Like, what can I switch where I still get the dish that I want? I get the flavors that I want, but maybe a little less calorie. Yeah. We have talked about how busy moms are. Obviously, this is a real thing. It's not going away. So how do we combat it? Like, how do we work with it? That's a great question. Plan when you can. (laughs) That's the only thing I tell my clients. Like, plan when you can and do what you can when you can. For example, if somebody has a goal of cooking five times out of the week at home, But Mm -hmm. let's say like baseball practice comes in and, you know, now you're only going to be cooking two or three nights at home and, but you're stuck eating out. And, and, you know, we do know that eating out, typically the food is going to be a little higher calorie, but where can we go where we can make the best decisions? So planning, or can I bring something for the family? Can we eat on the go or can we eat before we go? I know with like practices, it's like an all evening event. So (laughs) You're typically just going to pick up something because fed is best. But yeah, and do what you can when you can. All right. I know I can cook three nights of the week. I'm going to cook three nights of the week. And I know that they're going to be great family-friendly meals that we all like. Yeah. And just because it's three instead of five, like, doesn't mean that you're not succeeding. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, maybe the next week you're able to hit that five. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, and I mentioned this before, I know, when we talked is... The only thing you do 100% of the time is be human. So you have to give yourself grace. You have to give yourself a little mercy when things don't go exactly how you want it. You just pick up where you left off. I just said that to myself yesterday. And I was like, I have been holding that so close to my heart of like the only thing you are 100% of the time is human. And since you said that, it's been so impactful to me because it's like such a nice reminder of, yeah, I don't have to be perfect. Yeah, I don't have to do everything exactly how I think I'm supposed to. Mm -hmm. And I can still be successful. So I think that that's super helpful. So to everyone out there, if you're hearing this, remind (laughs) yourself of that daily. Yeah, I know. And I mean, because people have this all or nothing mentality, especially when it comes to eating healthy, like, I have to eat healthy 100% of the time, or I'm going to eat unhealthy 100% of the time. Nothing is like that our lives are never like that. And why does eating healthy and making lifestyle changes have to be that way? It doesn't because your life is still going to happen whether you're making these changes or not. So you kind of have to roll with it. Yeah. And like you said, that is best. right? Yeah, absolutely. And especially if you're a mom, like, you know, hundred percent, like nothing is going to go like you thought it is. And you just kind of have to roll with it. Do you have like three top tips that you suggest to anyone who is in this position right now, who is working on their health, trying to lose weight, 
just trying to like kind of improve everything that they're doing? I would definitely say, I guess, again, in my case, you know, I work with weight loss. So eating to lose weight, because I find that people have this idea of eat less, move more, and then they're not eating enough. So you definitely need to eat regular and balanced meals. So just balancing your plate, you know, how can you feel full with what you're eating? Because that's important. And move if you can. If you're not physically active, just move. And if if you're not able to move as much as you want, that's okay. Because a little bit goes a long way. I feel like there's this idea that if you're not like exercising for an hour every single day, like it doesn't count. And that's just not true. That's not true. Yeah. (laughs) Every little bit helps. You mentioned eating to lose weight. So how do you fuel your body for weight loss? Yeah. So fueling your body for weight loss. We know that when you eat too many calories, you typically gain weight, right? And eating too few calories, your body is going to be very resistant to losing weight. It it is like, oh, no, honey, I don't know what's going on. I don't like this. And I am not going to let go of what I have. So eating to lose weight, it's really about fueling your body. And, you know, we can run the numbers and we can do the tests and figure out like what your body needs. And a lot of times too, it is actually listening to your body. So eating when your body is telling you that you're hungry. And like I mentioned, having balanced meals. So really filling up on vegetables, lean protein, and having carbs that your body needs, you know, considering your portions and honoring your fullness. And for people that that is hard to do, you know, we were talking about years of an eating style that we're now suddenly switching up. So it can be challenging. Yeah. And I'll just add from a hormone health standpoint too, 100%, like our physiology is rooted in safety. Like if your body's not feeling safe, it's not going to function how it needs to and how it wants to best. Like and part of feeling safe is eating regularly in your body, not wondering when its next meal is coming or if it's coming and how much it's going to be. Your body is, I say it's always preparing for a crisis, you know, and that crisis is likely never going to happen, but your body doesn't know that. Your body's just hanging out and trying to figure out like, all right, if I run into a bear, do I have to fight it or do I have to run away from it? Do I have enough energy in me to do that? You know? Mm -hmm. So give your body that safety that it needs and fuel it. Absolutely. You mentioned too, like learning to listen to your body, which is really challenging. And listening to when you're full and also listening to when you're hungry. And one thing I'll add to that is like, you can't listen to whether or not you're full if you are not also listening to whether or not you're hungry. Yes, that is so true. And I love how you worded that. We have to start there almost, right? Because I think that's kind of what you were saying too, is like, you have to start by actually eating when you're hungry and eating regular meals. Yeah. So that you can know when you're full. Yeah. I mean... So many times I've heard people say, well, I'm not really hungry. And, you know, your body, the hunger is your body's way of telling you that you need to eat. It needs fuel. And sometimes when we ignore that hunger, whether it's intentional or not, it eventually will turn off. Your body's like, well, she's not listening to it anyway. So we're just going to stop calling. If you ignore the telemarketers long enough, they'll stop calling. So. <laughs> You know, when you stop listening to your hunger, eventually your body's like, no, we're done. And so eating regular meals, you can kind of bring that back. And and then like you were saying, 
now we can really feel what it feels like to be hungry and then feel a fullness. Love what you said too. Like hunger is learned. And I feel like we forget that sometimes. And I've seen this so many times, especially with people who have not eaten breakfast for years. And it's so interesting because once we start adding that back in, you end up hungry in the morning. You end up wanting that breakfast and craving that energy. And it Mm -hmm. makes such a big difference. Mm -hmm. But so many times people are like, I'm just not hungry in the morning. And it's like, we're just going to start with something, right? And maybe it's a spoonful of peanut butter. I don't even if it's something that tiny, but it's amazing how that hunger, like you're saying, comes back when we start fueling our body the way it needs to be fueled. Yeah. But you know, that also goes back to say you're providing the safety, Mm -hmm. you know, you're giving your body the fuel it needs. It's going to feel safe. And then it starts to operate in the way that it was meant to. Yeah. It's not running on stress hormones anymore. I know. In fumes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So what are some like small changes that moms can make to their day that add up to be big changes? Small changes that moms can make. You know, I always say just a balanced meal. So we talked about that, but even as something as simple as looking at a product that you're using, is there one that maybe support your goals better? So like if weight loss is your goal, if you're using a bread that's 120 calories, are you able to switch breads and maybe have one that's less calories or switch your milk if you guys use milk or drinking sparkling or flavored water versus a soda. Even one switch like that a day can have long-term impacts, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so just those little things. And I hope that those little changes aren't as mentally mentally as taxing as something as, okay, let's try going to the gym. So those are hopefully small things that someone can do. That's not so overwhelming. So things they're already doing, we're just making a swap. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned a balanced plate. So tell me what that looks like for you. Okay. So when I say balanced plate, again, I am thinking a little bit in the weight loss um, realm, but this is something that I think can be implemented for anyone. I do it myself, but I'm not actively you know, trying to lose weight. But Focusing on making half of your plate non-starchy veggies. So your broccoli, cauliflower, carrots, onions, tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers, all of those things. And then a quarter of your plate, your starches or your carbs. So your pasta, bread, rice, beans, potatoes. And then the other quarter of your plate, lean protein. So, you know, baked versus fried, taking off the skin if you're able to. Just if you use ground meat, trying to buy one that's, you know, leaner and has less fat. And then still having space for like a fun or a high fat option. And I do encourage looking for a heart healthy fat. It is also okay if it's not. Ideally, this setup, you know, will help you feel full because you're getting tons of fiber, good protein, and you're also getting lots of nutrients that your body needs. And we're not excluding anything here. Carbs fit. We I mentioned that earlier. Like I want everyone to eat carbs, even when they're losing weight. But, you know, having within a portion that's also going to maximize your fullness and also within a calorie range that also is going to help support your weight loss. How does mindset play a role in all of this? Mindset is huge. Yeah. 
I think that's with anything, you know, it's, I see again, a lot of all or nothing. So really having to tell people that it's not necessarily like that, you know, and one meal that's different than what you were intending is not going to derail all your efforts. You know, a cookie is not going to set you back. Mm -hmm. So really having to change the mindset. Um, I was actually talking to a client today about her mindset around sweets because she was saying, I bought cupcakes and I'm so embarrassed to tell you this, that I ate a cupcake a day until they were gone. And I was like, that's okay. Was it good? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So really, and through conversation, you know, learning that she kind of had like this negative relationship and this mindset that some foods are really bad for you. And they were kind of just having this chokehold on her. And I was like, let it go. Among other things we talked about, but you know, it's, it's the mindset that you kind of go into it with that. I, I'm a human. I, I like sweet things and it's okay. And and even start enjoying it more. And I feel like sometimes that's what happens is when people have this thought of like, oh, I shouldn't be eating this. They don't actually enjoy it. And they will almost subconsciously eat it while they're distracted too, because they're like, I don't deserve to be enjoying this. So I'm going to do it while I'm watching TV. I'm going to do it while I'm working. I'm going to have, you know, like this chocolate at a different time when I can't focus on it versus like telling themselves, I deserve to enjoy this sweet. So I'm going to do it in an area where I'm not distracted by it and actually let myself enjoy it because I'm allowed to do that. Yeah. And that's interesting that you say that because I didn't really make that connection. But now that I think about everyone who has brought up, you know, these kind of relationships with food that I'm like, they do do that. It's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know because I used to do that, right? Like I, I mean, I've talked about this, like I have drastically changed my relationship with my food and my body, but there was a point when it was like horrible. And I just remember feeling so guilty. And then I would be like, well, I already ate like in that situation, I would have been like, I already ate one cupcake. I should eat all of these so that they're gone and I don't have them tomorrow. Mm hmm. And it, you know what I mean? And so like in my mind, I'm like, I feel like she did amazing with that. Just like eating one a day too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like what a perfect way to include it in like an overall healthy diet. Yeah. And I think us as dietitians, people look at us and they think that we're immediately going to judge them when they say they ate something sweet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, where did you get it? Because I want some. Yes. I love sweets and I just figure out how they can fit in my day. You know, and maybe I have something every day. Maybe I don't. And that's okay. But it's so funny too, that your response was like, okay, was it good? Cause I remember one time a client told me that they had made a cake with their wife and it was like, so, you know, so much fun for them to do as a couple mm-hmm. And they enjoyed it. And I was just like, yeah, like, was it, that sounds awesome. One, I'm happy that you did that and had fun. Mm -hmm. And also, yeah, was it good? And I think people are surprised when their dietitian is just like, okay, well, did you have fun with it? Yeah. Yeah. Food is supposed to be fun and we want it to be so enjoyable for you. Yeah. You know, we are not the food police. I, the first thing when I start working with a new client is I tell them that I do not have the power to dictate your food choices. No one has the power to dictate what you eat. 
And I think telling people that they're like, oh, okay, that's good to know. And so many times I will ask somebody who's never worked with a dietitian after the first session, I'm like, well, how did you feel about this session? And a lot of times I would hear, I feel so relieved that you didn't judge me based on my eight. You didn't. Some people thought that I was going to yell at them. And I was like, oh, no, that's scary. Um, Or that I was going to tell them that they had to stop eating all of these foods. And I don't have that power over somebody. And I was working somebody working with somebody who maybe had diabetes. I would tell them like, okay, this is how that's going to impact your blood sugar. But it's up to you if you want to make that change. I'm not living their life. I can't do that. I love that. I absolutely love that. What are one or two pieces of advice that you want to give moms out there who are struggling and feeling like they have to take care of everyone else and having a hard time prioritizing their health? I think we mentioned it, but I'm definitely going to reiterate it. Have the conversation. Advocate for yourself. You know, tell your partner and tell your support system what you need and be honest. That's the only things you can do and just do what you can when you can and know when you need to to take a break. How do you know when you need to take a break and like rest? I think when you hear the laundry calling your name, I think that's when you can hear it. It's time to like close the door and go upstairs. Yes. So fast five. So these are questions that are just like kind of fun questions for you. Okay. Hot seat. Yes, exactly. What's your go-to snack? Lately, it's been mangoes and cheese. Mangoes with, and cheese? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds... I love mangoes. Like a cheese stick? Yeah, like a mango and then a cheese stick. Cheese sticks <laughs> are the absolute best snacks. 100%. Always have them on hand. Yes. So helpful. Portable, easy... They last forever. My kid eats them and I'm mm. all about cheese sticks. Yes. Yes. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what meal would it be? Oh. Oh, that's so challenging. So I've thought about this. Um, I think from a nutrition standpoint, I'm going to opt for pizza. I'm kind of surprised you didn't say nachos. I'm not going to lie. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. That is also a really high contender. Um, because also, I was just thinking like from the components. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. you know what? I could probably meet all of my needs. I mean, I'm 100% team pizza. So I get it. No. Do you... Okay. One, when it comes to advice that you are receiving, mm-hmm. do you prefer tough love or gentle? I'm going to say gentle. Because if you're too tough, I'll cry. But you can't mince words. You got to get to the point. Tell me what you need. But be be sensitive. But be nice about it. Nice about it. Yeah. When it comes to guidance or advice that you are giving, do you give it in a tough love or a gentle form? I want to believe I'm gentle. I believe you are. Okay. You are a gentle person in general. Thank you. Yes. What's one thing that you do for yourself? For self-care. Going to the gym. But exercise is really important to me. And we know it boosts your mood. So I 
I definitely enjoy exercising. Yeah. I think that's a perfect version of self-care. What do you like to do when you're at the gym? I love picking up heavy things. Yes. I love weightlifting. And um, not that I am like She-Hulk out there doing crazy weights, but um, I love, love, love feeling strong. I love, you know, just, I don't know. It's like, so kick ass. Yeah. I love that. Have you always liked weightlifting? For the most part, yeah. Since I started doing it and it's been a whole decade. Okay. So last question. What's one quality that you really want in people who are part of your support system? If I can use multiple words, those (laughs) who just don't judge. Yeah. You know, um, who's just receptive of who I am and accepts me that way. Yeah. You know, and then I don't feel like I have to change any part of myself or how I operate. And it's really funny because I think about um, some new friends that I have since moving. We're in this great neighborhood and there's lots of moms with kids my age, my son's age. And um, two streets over, they're very judgy. Mm. And I don't feel like it's a good fit. But on my street, there's two moms with two they each have two kids and they're all about the same age as my son and they're awesome. My kid is sometimes he's a little crusty and they don't make me feel like there's anything wrong with that because their kids are a little crusty too. And sometimes <laughs> they might be crusty. Sometimes I'm crusty and you know, we all vibe really well. And I, I just feel like that they are also like, you know, they don't, they don't judge and something even within my friend group, that I've known from UAB <laughs> is that just no judgment. I mean, you guys watched me eat a whole pan of nachos and <laughs> think twice about it. Like, yeah, girl. Well, it's because we're eating it with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that though. And I'm so happy that you have that where you guys live too. I think that's amazing because I feel like there is so much judging in the mom world. Like yeah. so much. Yeah. It's insane. And I'm just an outsider, right? And I see it. And I'm like, I can't imagine being inside that world. Yeah. I mean, God forbid you do something different than someone else. And I don't know if you've seen now that there's like this two like categories of moms, the crunchy and the silky moms. Have you seen that? No way. <laughs> what is this? I mean, I can imagine what a crunchy mom is, but what is a silky mom? And I feel like I fall in the middle of that. You know, I'm not granola, but I'm also not um, Chanel. You know, I'm just, I'm just me. And I feel like I'm raising my kid well and respectfully. And, you know, like I said, if you don't, if you don't fit into those categories or if you do something that maybe someone else doesn't do, I mean, you got to be quiet about how you put your kid to bed or you're going to get it. Something that comes up with a lot of my friends who are moms too is like the feeling of you're trying to keep up with other people, especially with social media. Mm -hmm. And it's always trying to keep up with other moms. And maybe there's moms who like always look perfect on social media. Yeah. Or they post pictures of their kids' meals. It's just so, I can't imagine how hard it is. One, because it's like not just you. Like I know what it's like from my perspective. Yeah. But you're also thinking about taking care of a little human. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Is that something that you dealt with too? Of course. And, you know, like I said, it's, you know, the mom's just up the street uh, or two, two streets over. I mean, they're buying the most expensive things. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I'm not spending $30 on one article of clothing that my kid's going to grow out of in a week. I'm not doing it, you know? Um, so having like that kind of needing to keep up, you know, or, um, I mean, you said like the meals, sometimes the boy eats chicken nuggets and that's okay. I just want to say thank you so, so much. I learn so much every time we talk about stuff and it's so helpful for me. And I know it's going to be so helpful for people listening to this episode. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing this with me and just for sharing your knowledge and some of your life as well. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I had fun. Um, I hope it resonates with somebody and, you know, we can find a little value in it, but I enjoyed it. And anytime I get to talk to you, I'm thrilled about it. So thank you for having me. Of course. Where can people find you? I have social media, of course. So Be Well Nutrition and that's B-E-E, like a little bumblebee, Well Nutrition. And then um, on my website, bewellnutrition.net. Okay, perfect. I will add both of those things in the show notes. So for anybody out there who is curious about working with Kathleen, I will add that. Make sure to go check those out. Make sure to give her a follow and check out her website. Yeah, thank you. Perfect. Thank you.